What's happening, people? Welcome to another edition of Power Trick here on the Got What You Need Network. Of course, I'm your host, Sky. And um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about the New York nurse from Bellevue Hospital that harassed some black kids over a city bike from a doc that was in front of her job. We're going to touch on um, the John Morant saga. Um, We're definitely going to talk about this migrant um, crisis. Um, There was a situation with um, Spirit Airlines where um, a a clerk at LAX um, actually requested that a family, a Puerto Rican family traveling from LAX to Puerto Rico produce a, a passport. And anybody listening that has any sense know that you don't need a passport to travel to um, Puerto Rico. Um, the family's name was Luis and Mariva Torres. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And um, we're going to start um, today's broadcast off with um, the Jordan Neely uh, murder um, on the New York City subway. Now, um, I call it murder because that, that's what it is. Um, it, you have every right to be without danger or, you know, be able to protect yourself from danger, whether you're on the subway or wherever you are. But what you don't have a right to do is to say, oh, I don't want these people dancing around me. I, you know, um, I want peace and quiet on this train. Like, um, this ain't New Jersey Transit, nor Long Island Railroad or SEPTA. There are no such thing as quiet cars on um, the New, New York City subway. And what we affectionately call Showtime is just part of the New York City subway experience. That, that's just part of it. Um, you, you don't want to give them any money. Don't give them any money. Um, you know, you don't want to encourage it. Look the other way. But at the end of the day, we can't start equating people dancing and panhandling for, for them put, putting passengers in danger as um, it was framed. And the reason I bring this up was when the, when the report first came out and the local um, ABC affiliate here basically w- was asking various people, what did they see? What did they see? You know, some people said he was acting irate, a little scary. But there were some people who said to them, it was just another day on the subway. And the fact that that narrative has just been buried, you know, ever since, you know, we found out this guy, um, Daniel Penny is a ex-Marine and all of this kind of stuff or whatever. So now we don't want to let all what was said um, directly after this incident. We just want to talk about we just want to talk to the people and amplify those who want to say, well, yeah, I, I was a, a little scared and didn't know what he was going to do or, or whatever. Look, I wasn't there. And maybe some evidence will come out that shows that, you know, maybe he was being threatening. 
But then once you have him down, you telling me you have one dude has him in a chokehold. He's not moving. And then you have two other people holding him down. And my whole thing is once you've got him under control or whatever, it's like, why, why keep the chokehold on? Why not let him go, you know, hold him by the hands or the legs or whatever. But why sit there and hold somebody in a chokehold till they pass out? Then it's a surprise when they die and then say, oh, well, I didn't mean for him to die. I was just protecting myself and uh, my, my fellow passengers. If, if there was this quote unquote threat, the threat had been neutralized. It was one on three and, and, and Mr. Neely was was a, a small person. So it didn't take all three of y'all to to get him under control. But it damn sure didn't need for um, Mr. Penny to then continue to apply the chokehold for as long as he did. And therefore, we have, you know, we have the situation we have now where he's facing um, a murder charge. Well, they call it, they said manslaughter or whatever, but I mean, to me, he killed someone. And, and in my opinion, he, he murdered him. Um, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for the prosecution to, to get, um, to even get a conviction on manslaughter. Um, Mr. Penny, um, has already raised like $2 million for, for his defense. So, He's going to have some of the best defense attorneys, you know, in the world um, going going for him. And, you know, just as many people that want him convicted, there are going to be a bunch of people that don't want him convicted strictly along the lines of race. You know, that and, and, and that and that's what was sad about it. I'm going to say this once again. You have every right to be safe when you're tra traveling on a subway, city buses walking, riding a bike, whatever, whatever. But you don't have a right to dictate like people performing or whatever. If you don't like it, move, you know, look the other way, put your headphones on. Don't drop no money into their hat when they come by or whatever. But what you don't have a right to do is to then say, oh, I don't like this. Let me stop this right now and put this man in a chokehold or whatever. And once again, it's people telling you he's not breathing, he's not moving or whatever. And you still don't let him go. And you still got two bum ass motherfuckers um, holding him, holding his arm and holding his legs when he's not even fucking moving. And to me, they should be charged also. It shouldn't just be the Marine. Everybody that participated in so-called subduing Jordan Neely should be charged. Plain and simple. All right, let's stay in New York. There's a nurse. They haven't released her name, and I, I don't want to put her name out there just yet anyway. Um, she's on a, vi a now viral video harassing some black kids over uh, a city bike. Um, she, she tries to take it from them, and the kid is like, no. Um, then she tries to fake cry, and one of the kid's friends is like, ma'am, you're not crying. I don't see any tears, so cut it out. And then she, then she stopped and, and then started screaming that her life was in danger. Then someone comes out from the hospital and is like, hey, why don't you just give it to her? And the kid is like, no, it's on my account. I'm not giving it to her. I paid for it. And she's just trying to take this bike from me for whatever reason. 
or another. So um, finally, even after like the authorities were called and, and, and at first wanted to try to harass the kids or whatever, and they got everything straightened out. Now the videos went viral when she's being called a racist. She got suspended from her job or whatever. Her lawyer has the nerve to say that she's going to sue the media for defamation. And this is my thing. You don't have to use the N-word to be a racist. Trust me on this. If this was, if these were some white kids, we wouldn't even be talking about this. But these are some black kids in front of her job. And, and she, she decided that she would try to, um, initiate and pull this authority kind of thing. And, um, when it backfired or whatever, she, she wanted to cry and, and play victim. And then try to make it seem like they was doing something to her, you know, once again, to bring on this false law enforcement reaction that could have put the kids in danger. To me, the kids should be suing her because once again, we've seen where an instance like this or incident like this leads not only to um, a, a black person being hurt, but in some cases killed. There was a case in Milwaukee where a, a guy was like falling asleep at the bus stop. He had just got off work waiting for the bus. A woman called the police. And when they came, they said, he's not doing anything wrong, ma'am. Let it go. She decided she called some cops that she personally knew on their personal phone. They come harass him and they wind up killing the man or, or, or what, what have you. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe the police were charged in that case. But my thing is the woman should be charged too. Like this thing of weaponizing police has to become, um, it has to become a crime. You have every right to call the police. They're there to protect and serve. But to be able to call the police and weaponize them against people that you don't like is wrong. And it should be prosecuted and it should be prosecuted as a felony. Um, first of all, you're um, wasting um, local resources. But second of all, you're putting that municipality, county or whatever. Um, I guess whatever, you know, they represent um, faction, they represent within law enforcement, you're putting them in danger and you're le leaving them legally liable where they come and they act on what you suggest they act on. And now they're the subject of a lawsuit that now the taxpayers have to pay. That's why we want to get rid of qualified immunity and make all police officers have to get liability insurance. So they have to pay for wrongful death um, incidents that they that they um, commit instead of leaving it to taxpayers. And I, I, I just wish that that would be passed. We need that in, in the worst way. All right. Let's um, let's get to John Moran. All right. We know that last season, John Moran. I think served about 10 games. Uh, most of them were um, given by the Memphis Grizzlies prior to him meeting with the NBA in regards to him 
flashing a gun in a nightclub after a Grizzlies loss. I'm just saying that because it, it, they played that night and they lost and he was out in the club dancing with a gun. All right. Did he break any laws? No. So let's just start there. Now, even though he didn't break any laws, his team, his employer, as well as the commissioner of the entire league in which his employer is a part of, decided that what he did was wrong so much that he had to meet with the commissioner. And according to what was said, and this is based on what the commissioner said to um, Malika Andrews during um, their recent interview, is that he spoke to him about not future instances, but the instance that just happened and how it can't be a part of his persona. And no matter what the gun laws are in the state in which he resides, he can't be this gun flashing um, NBA player. And that if another instance came of him flashing a gun on video or, you know, playing gangster while being employed by the NBA and being pushed as one of the faces of the league, that that, that would be dire consequences. Now, do I think that he should be suspended for the 50 games that I'm hearing floating out there or whatever? No, 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 no. But I do believe that he will be suspended for more than um, the 10 games that he was suspended for. And I don't think that the NBA is um, wrong, nor are they um, showing a double standard. I've seen some pictures come out from, I believe it's Chris Kamen. Um, I believe he's to play with the Miami Heat during the, the, the Ojitos. Um, and I believe he used to play for the Denver Nuggets, too. I think he played with, with Melo. Um, and they show some pictures of him with these large guns and, you know, showing them off and posing with them or whatever. But the one thing, and if you look at all the pictures that's going to separate uh, Mr. Kamen versus Mr. Morant, is there was something about something that said Chris the Hunter. And all your oh, whatever sky, man, it is what it is. He was posing with those guns and presenting himself as an avid hunter, an avid game hunter. John Morant was posing with those guns as if he was a gangster. And yes, there is a difference. Um, do I, you know, do I think that we get the, the bad end of the stick when it comes to discipline and and um, lack of tolerance and all that kind of stuff? Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. I'm not I'm not even, you know, disputing that. Uh, I'm not disputing that black men should be able to exercise their Second Amendment right. Also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. But when your job tells you they're not going to continue to employ you if these are the things that you're going to do, 
All of the stuff I just said don't matter. Like, you can be fired from an employer and not have broken a, a criminal law, but violated their policy. Now, somebody will say, well, there's no policy in the NBA that says that you can't pull. I didn't say that either. What I said was his employer said, look, we don't like this. And for some of y'all that's like, oh, Second Amendment, whatever, whatever, um, image, all this kind of stuff. Y'all can't have it both ways either. All right. Y'all can't be caping for like the Charleston whites of the world when he talks about how these rappers are, um, you know, bringing down the community. They, they killing people. They, they, they pushing this no snitching and all this kind of stuff. And I, I'm, I'm not caping for this dude. I'm bringing up the hypocrisy. Now, Memphis is one of the worst crime written cities in America. All right. So. Damn, this Second Amendment stuff. We don't need a star point guard playing gangster on uh, whether he wants to be a role model or not. He is. And he has an obligation to present himself in a certain way, being a part of the NBA. And that goes without saying. But then on top of that, he was told that by the commissioner that he cannot behave in this way. So, yes, I agree with J.J. Reddick that the 50 games or the half a season or whatever and, and bringing the hammer down is too much. But I disagree with those who saying he did nothing wrong and trying to point out this imaginary double standard, which it is not. I'll even go a step further. If Ja was somewhere on his property or at a range or, or somewhere where they were allowed to let off some guns and it showed him cleaning a gun, shooting a gun at a target, whatever, you know, damn, this motherfucker powerful, yo, now nah, get me the bigger gun. And he starts shooting that or whatever. And it was recorded without his permission. And then that was put out there. I would defend him too for now that he did nothing wrong. He, he was on his own property. Um, he was um, acting as a, a, a lawful gun owner since you, you don't need a permit to have a, a firearm in the state of Tennessee, and he was doing something during his own time. But instead, he was allowing himself to be recorded on live. He knew he was on live doing something that, I want to say this again, his employer and the commissioner of the league in which his employer is... Um, is is involved with is a part of excuse me both said that it was unacceptable behavior but because he didn't break any criminal law they don't have to stand by their word they told this man to cut it out and why do y'all keep cheering for people that are destroying their own lives 
like, do you understand, like, losing that Nike deal, like, that how much money Nike set on fire, basically just set on fire? Like, the sneakers are already done, shipped. Some stores probably already have some. And now they gotta, they gotta, they gotta mark them all red, box them up, and, and put them somewhere where they can't be touched. Until they figure out what, like, what, what are they gonna do? What foreign country they gonna ship them to? And, and, and we sitting here trying to nitpick on, 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 on little stuff instead of like, you know, just reaching out to him for him to just be smarter and for the people around him to just be smarter. Clowns. And then my whole thing is if you want to show that you hanging out with Ja, Ja's your man or whatever, why do you always have to show him playing with a gun? Why can't he just be rapping to NBA young boy without a gun? Or whatever rap or other music that he likes. Why does it always have to be every video him doing the gun pose? I just don't understand what, what that's about. So we'll see how this plays out. They got a bunch of time. Um, season doesn't start to October, so we'll see. All right, um, we have a migrant crisis here in, in, in America. Um, and besides the fact that, like, um, Governor Abbott down in um, Texas is an idiot, and um, a lot of people along the border are real insensitive to um, some of the plight of, of these people, a lot of people in this hemisphere are insensitive to the wants and needs of Americans. Um, why is it that we, we're in a whole Western hemisphere, but every time something happens in a country or, you know, another country, another state, um, another foreign state or whatever, that the first thing for them to do is to come to this country. Um, and, or to this continent, because some of them are going to continue to migrate north and into Canada. And my whole thing is, why don't I hear of any reports of any migrants migrating south? Like, what's wrong with South America? What's wrong with Brazil, Argentina, Peru? You know, um, you know, or other Central American countries that like aren't, you know, um, dealing with war or whatever. I don't understand how people are coming from Central America, walking all the way through Mexico. And in no, in no case is like Mexico being made to like to build migrant shelters, build shelters, create jobs, um, provide food or whatever. But it's only until they get to the American border 
to where now the American taxpayer, whether they're in Texas or whether they're being bused to New York, bused to these other cities or whatever, now, now people are being made to take, take on these costs that they never asked for. Now, I, I get it. It is what it is, but you can't uh, magically find money for people that have come here in a lot of cases illegally. And then you tell me that you can house and feed the people that are already here. We don't know what type of situation some of these people are leaving when, when they, when they leave their homes. They, they could have been in a better situation than some homeless people here and we would never know. But yet, as soon as they get off the bus, um, you know, they're processed, done whatever, and then they're, they're put up in a hotel. You know, all these different, um, New York City businesses are, are, are giving away free food to them or whatever. Yet, I see when a homeless person or somebody that, that's, that's down on their luck, you know, hey man, can I get a slice of pizza? Oh, get out of here, stop begging or whatever. But, but I see on TV where like these say pizza parlors are now giving away, you know, eight, 10, 12, 20 different pies to people that are not from this country. So once again, I'm not this, oh, send them back or whatever, but I am being sensible in the case that I think it should be a shared responsibility throughout the entire hemisphere and that the continent of South America needs to do more to take on some of these mig migrants. Mexico should do more to take on some of these migrants as well. And any Central American country that has a space and the resources should step up as well. And it just can't be an American problem. And then once they get here for the Biden administration to watch some of the biggest democratic cities be basically pushed to their brink with this crisis and no federal money, no federal resources is being dedicated, especially in New York, is being dedicated to them. It is wrong. And the Biden administration is um, dropping the ball on this. You're, you're doing this. You're going to have people that were probably going to vote for you. But by the time you do something, it's, it's going to leave New York in such bad shape that so many of them are going to be angry and they're either going to sit home or they're going to they're, they're going to vote against you just just to spite you because of how this crisis um, was handled. Like. You can't just expect these municipalities just just to um have people in their hotels like the summer is about to come. You know, I understand that that the Roosevelt Hotel in um, in New York wasn't being used. So to be used as a shelter is fine. But what about the homeless people that are on the streets right now? You know, some some look, some people you can't help. Like I've watched different groups go out and I and I see them get pushed back. But there's some people that the only reason that they stay on the streets is because the shelters that are available to them aren't safe. 
And to me, if you would provide safe alternatives with opportunities to find their own and, and to be gainfully employed, a lot of people would take advantage of it, but they'll never help like the way that these people that come from the, all these other places are helped. And I think that that's wrong. I, I don't care how you measure it. To me, for every migrant that you put up, you should be housing a you should be housing and feeding and giving some type of job training and an opportunity for someone to um, have their own apartment or at least like their own room where they have their own key to a homeless person staying here. It should be one for one for every person that that comes here from another country that you give taxpayer resources to. You should be giving those same resources to a person that is born here and is an American citizen. Um, I, I am unapologetic about that, and I don't care who, who that makes mad. You got people coming here getting all of this stuff that, that we say we can't afford for people who live here. And that's wrong, and it's a lie. If we can find the resources, for people coming here um, claiming asylum because some of them ain't even from countries where they're even having an asylum issue. Then we can help homeless and people that are down on their luck that are here. All right, Spirit Airlines, right? So um, there was a flight leaving out of LAX going to Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rican family, Luis and Mariva Torres, along with, I believe, their two-month-old child, were attempting to travel from Los Angeles back to Puerto Rico. Um, instead, they were asked to produce a passport, not only for themselves, but for their um, two-month-old child. Now... Those of you who are listening, I'm like, well, why do we need a passport to go to Puerto Rico? And that's exactly what the problem was. And that you have somebody that's working at a place. And I understand it's an international airport, but in, in, in a situation where like you didn't even need customs, you didn't even need a passport check. But because of the lack of education and the lack of people knowing what's what, you had somebody that not only denied this family, but then called the authorities and then and then told them that just because they recorded him and recorded the incident, that they our policy says that we don't have to let you ever fly Spirit Airlines again. Now, um, to Spirit Airlines credit, they've stepped up, apologized, um, explained that the um, person was wrong and that they would be retrained on um, how to handle a situation. It's like they don't need to be retrained on how to handle it. They need to be taught, like, what what is American property <laughs> and what's not? And for somebody to be working at an airport and don't know who to ask um, a, for a passport for and, and, and who not to is crazy. We We have to stop this nonsense man and then like i said people don't even they're not even right but the first thing they want to do 
is in weaponized law enforcement. First thing they want to do. So once again, salute to Spirit Airlines for uh, making the apology, um, basically taking responsibility um, for for their employees' actions. And I kind of understand them not being fired or whatever, but I do think that that employee should be made to offer a written apology to the family that they profiled. I ain't say racially, but they profiled and they were basically like, hey, you know, you can't go anywhere because you don't have the proper documents. <sighs> can't stand this job. Everybody's doing all this. And they didn't even need the documents that this, that this um, clerk was demanding. So, yeah, man, um, shout out to Spirit for, you know, um, taking care of it. But middle finger to the clerk that didn't know the law. Um, sorry I, let, I made you wait so long in between episodes, man. A lot going on in the brother's life. No excuses, though, man. Um, once again, big apologies. Hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be back with another one next week. Peace.